There's a place here at the table Your coats go by the door You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor I hope you wore elastic Cause your waistband's gonna get tight Eight times done we're having A night Hello guys Ciao <laughs> On today's episode of Having a Night, we interview my good friend, our good friend Alex Albrecht, multi-talented, mm. beautiful, brilliant, hilarious, kind of a superwoman. She's a personal chef, and she's a modern dancer. Is there I, is there actually a cooler combination? I don't on the think so. Window? She she's was luminous today. and pregnant when we were interviewing her, as you as you will probably hear. Yeah. You can hear the luminosity in her voice. Comes right through the mic. And now she has this awesome baby. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, President. I guess that's kind of what happens. Like, that's just biology, but yeah. very exciting. Yeah. So, listen in. So, we're here yeah. today with our friend Alex. <laughs> Malazma Alex. <laughs> My new nickname. As she's known. Um... <laughs> She is very beautiful, very pregnant. <laughs> um, we have some snacks, so you might hear some clanging around. Mm-hmm. Sophie might not be talking that much because she lost her voice at a party. JK, she has laryngitis. I have terrible laryngitis, so. So, Alex, like, when did, what was the first private chef gig you ever had? Or, like, how, what was the segue into food for you from dance? Because Alex mm-hmm. is a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a funny story. I was in a yoga class with um, a friend. Well, she wasn't a friend at the time. She became a dear friend. Mm-hmm. Ryan Ross, she's a chef and a dancer. Now she's, like, full-time chef. Chef-dancer just sounds like the so most cool. cool, ideal career. Yeah, it's a well good done. combo. She, we kind of, like, she was at that point when I met her more chef than dancer, and I'm still more dancer than chef, I think is how I identify, and I think it's true for her too, but she came up to me in this yoga class and was like, I know you, I've seen you in dance class, and I'm like, yes, I've seen you in dance class, (laughs) and she's like, let's be friends, and I was like, okay, wow, and I was like, what do you do, and she was like, I'm a chef at this place called the Pennington Friends House. Oh, right, 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 right. What is that? Well, you're going to find out. And I was like, what is that? And she was like, it's this Quaker commune um, on 15th and 3rd, which was two blocks from my now husband's then boyfriend's apartment. And I was like, why do I not know about this? And she was like, you know, it's this multi-generational community, like 30-person house, and they sit down and they have dinner every night at 6 o'clock, and, like, I cook that dinner. Mm-hmm. And she was like, we, and I was like, that's so intense. What do you make? And she was like, a vegetarian entree, an animal protein entree, two sides, a salad, a salad dressing, and dessert, all from scratch Ooh, for 30 There you people. go. That, that's the formula. That I, is the, that's our formula always. How many people? 30. 30, 30 people. That's wow. A lot. She had just graduated from there and she got, this was like her first job at a school. And so I was working at the Spotted Pig at the time. That was like my side hustle from dancing as a host. And um, she was like, come by for dinner and like see what it's about. And so I went and I had dinner with all these residents and I had her amazing meal, which is like she just, they have like kind of a commercial size kitchen Mm -hmm. and then this huge dining room and she just puts it out buffet style. Uh They literally like ring a a dinner bell. Oh my God. A dinner bell. A dinner bell. (laughs) And everyone comes down and eats together and it's like this beautiful. So nice. Yeah. 
So I went and I had dinner and I was like, this is crazy. Like, I want to do this. Like, what should I do? Because I was like, the restaurant industry is, I love restaurants. I love going to restaurants, but like that lifestyle wasn't working for me with dance. And I just like late oh, nights yeah. and like blah, blah, nights blah, blah, blah. General, yeah. I, mean, I was like, show, right. So I was wanting to transition out of that. And I mean, this was like seven years ago. Yeah. And so I was like, maybe I should go to culinary school. And Ryan was just like, don't go to culinary school. Like if you understand food, if you know, I had this conversation with you like mm-hmm. a few years ago at Everyman. She was like, if you understand food, like you should just start cook. Like you should just like cover for my clients when I can't cook and right. like, just do it. Yeah, you just got to get, especially when you're cooking for other people, but we'll get into this. Like, yeah. You just got to start doing it. Exactly. And so, they basically. They be able to tell the difference of, well, obviously, sometimes I think they can tell the difference of if you went to culinary school. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think in general, it's like, no, if you make something that's delicious, they don't give a if shit. If you're doing, ho- if you're a home cook, home cook yeah, exactly. it's like, I'm not trying to work it per se. Right. Like, right. I'm just trying that's to like, make, you know. I don't even know the difference, but. Yeah. yeah. food, like, in a. Uh, like a constrained amount of time. Right. And like just work enough that I fill in like the hours that I was working at mm-hmm. in a restaurant so that I'm still mostly a dancer and this is just like something I do once or twice a week, whatever. Totally. Yeah. So months later, like I'm like stewing about this. I'm like looking into culinary schools and she calls me and is like, I'm going on a month long trip. Can you take all my shifts at the Pennington at the Quaker house? And I was just like, yes. Yeah, good. My God, yeah. Ryan is like your fairy godmother. Oh, complete. So amazing. Complete. I love her. Ryan, I love you. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. So she left. I said yes to cooking for 30 people, all those things that I already mentioned, which I had never done in my life. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. And, like, I'm sure I broke out in a rash and, like, had a panic attack, but I did it. So what was your first meal that you made for the 30? I hope I can remember it. I know that I made like red wine and rosemary braised like chicken thighs and mm-hmm. um, legs. That's I know good. that that was the protein. Yum. I may have made like, I don't know, some kind of fancy garlic mashed potato. I think I made a kale salad. I don't remember. It was it was truly seven years ago, but I remember the chicken because I was like, "This will be easy to do for thirty people." Yes, like, and just totally. a huge cast iron. Yeah. Anyway, so that was really my education. Mm-hmm. Like I just dove in and started working there, and that really prepared me for later in life. Like you know, doing some huge party for like some tech bros that are like, we're having a forty person party in our loft on. You know, in Soho, like... And you're like, easy peasy, I can do that. And I'm like, yep, got it. How did you start doing so that awesome. kind of... I mean, now I'm just asking... Yeah, <laughs> for, for herself. Right. Totally. <laughs> like, no, so it was truly... I mean, because I was cooking in this commune of, like, 30 residents, all who, like... You know, there's a ballerina, there's a personal trainer, there's someone who works in finance. Like, there's people who work in all these different... Areas. And how do these Quakers find their way to this place? So you don't have to be Quaker to live there. You okay. just have to be, like, Quaker-minded, like, a good person who's, like, and, like into love, communal like, living. Furniture. Oh, no, those are the Shakers, not the Quakers. No, are you? <laughs> and they're all dead, I think. Amazing. They are, because they, they, had, they were forced to be obstinate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best story ever. So <laughs> strange. Great, great furniture. No, the, this is nothing. Sh- I mean, it's a very queer community. Like, it's, like, very, you yeah. know, very open. It's yeah. just, like, yeah, I'm willing to take out the recycling for 30 people every night right. I'm that type of person right. right you know and I want to like have my meals with people and have interesting conversations like it's 
it's a really sweet, amazing community. And so, yeah, basically word of mouth, like someone would be like, I love your food. Can I recommend you to, you know, my client who I personal train, they need a chef at Amagansett for the summer. And I'm like, yes, for years I had like consistent clients that, you know, were either seasonal or I would do like a dinner party for them once a month in the city, or I would do their holiday party every year. Or, um, I would like leave food in the fridge for their whole family once a week. Like it really varied over the years and it depended on, you know, I always put my dance work first. So it was like, so great. Yeah. If I'm available, like, yes, yes, yes. If I'm not like, I would recommend, I became friends with other personal chefs and would recommend them. And so when you would do, when you do any of these things with the larger group of people, like what time, let's say the dinner needs to be served at eight. What time oh do you God. start? Cause yeah. I feel like <coughs> the biggest difference for people who don't throw a lot of dinner parties, certainly for people who have never like private chef an event, um, mm-hmm. It, the difference between home cooking and and cooking for other people is time management. Completely. And it's so, it's really stressful. Completely stressful and never stops being stressful. Um, <laughs> Wrong answer. Sorry. Yeah. So Close it gets that. a little better. I was talking about this. That's a lie. It does get easier and you get more calm. But it's like this thing that I'm saying about perfectionism, like from my ballet training and like mm-hmm. that world. I have a really hard time delegating, so I rarely – I do these things alone. Like, I never hire an assistant. We have a bunch of questions about that. (laughs) That's really – I have a chef friend, Lena Alcuzzi, who's amazing. She works in New York for a bunch of people, and she is really adamant. I mean, she's been doing it since she's 20 years old. She's now 32. She does it full time. But Mm -hmm. she is just like, no, I – always have an assistant like if I'm doing a big job it's just worth it to be like no I need more money to budget for this person so that my life can be not hell do you know what I mean totally and I've never been able to do that I still just am like mule like yes I'll carry the groceries up the stairs or I'll take seven elevator trips like you know that's and that's bad like I need to everyone should learn to not be that way and just ask for like Two hundred more what dollars. You, need. To, talking about this you must. It's you must. Very, very hard. It's hard. I also think because cooking is so meditative for me, mm-hmm. even though I throw dinner parties a lot, mm-hmm. it's quieting in, mm-hmm. to my mind, mm-hmm. my thoughts, yeah. and very therapeutic. So the idea, and I just go. It's a flow. Right. So then the idea of doing that, but also having to delegate tasks or say out loud what I'm doing, suddenly it becomes like multi brain you know totally so it's hard to imagine trying to do that yeah, yeah. Or yeah. if you haven't practiced it, it mm-hmm. yeah and like this is going to be more work for me if I'm telling someone exactly. how to do these things and I mean of course eventually you get to a place with someone who you work with all the time that right. there's an unspoken understanding and yeah. you don't have to do that yeah. work but I never was working consistently enough that like that happened for right me, you yeah. know with my first client who I would do these dinners at Amagansett every Saturday, dinner was people would arrive at seven for cocktails and appetizers, and I would get there at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. And like the whole week before, I would be menu planning with her. I would oh send God. her the grocery list. So she did use Fresh Direct and then like local, like her husband would pick up like the fish and the corn or whatever that mm-hmm. day from the market. So all the groceries were there when I got there, which was nice. But that's, you know, if I had to grocery shop, I would have started at 
probably like 9 a.m. Probably 9 because yeah. I have many times run into that thing where it's like, no one has cilantro. Like, no, this Whole Foods doesn't have it. Like, this market doesn't have yeah. it. You know, mm-hmm. and then you have to run around and like that is stress inducing and oh you're like God. calling Food Emporium and you're calling trade. Like, you know, that's happened many times. Yeah. Yeah. Do you also, did you also have to make the cocktails for that? No. Okay. No, that's, no, no, no. That's such a blessing. If someone wants like a full, I hire a bartender. I never yeah. have taken that on because I have no skills or knowledge in that or instinct for it either. Like, And also like you want to be doing the finishing touches on the meal, not being right. like, how do you like your Negroni oh, up around the rocks? No yeah. way. And they always had a housekeeper who kind of like served, like there wasn't an expectation for me to right. serve. Oh, so like, nice because then you can just hang in the kitchen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's impossible actually. Like there's mm-hmm. no way to, and they always wanted similar to Pennington, like multiple proteins, like, you know, I, yeah. I mean, it was like a big Hamptons dinner mm-hmm. every Saturday. Right. So they wanted to like, show up, you know, for their We're ready for our invitation. (laughs) What would you make for the big vegetarian protein? Um, Often I would do, and I totally stole this from Ryan, I did a lot of, like, stuffed things, like Mm. stuffed peppers, stuffed mushroom caps. Stuff Um, like acorn squash. Yeah, Mm -hmm. lots. I did a lot of soups, which eventually I got complaints about, but, like, a soup is my absolute favorite thing to eat Mm. because it's just, I feel like there's endless opportunity for invention and, like, health in a bowl. I love one dish meals. Me too. My favorite. So I would do tons of vegetarian soups and they were like, a soup is not really an entree. Like eventually they were like, it doesn't really count. And I was like, really? (laughs) Okay. But I would put like, you know, some kind of nut, there would always be a protein in it, Mm -hmm. a bean or some kind of nut or something that made it really hearty. But, um, but you weren't yeah. going down like the tempeh route or anything. I didn't. Yeah. I think I I would do like barbecued tofu here and there mm-hmm. or like us. I love tofu too. Yeah, no, or if it. you're doing like like a Chinese style fish or something, then right. you can do like a big thing of tofu. Right. I would probably just go for the tofu. It's Often so I did that. Like whatever form I was doing, excuse me, the animal protein, and I would do you know yeah. a tofu version. But I didn't. Excuse me, I didn't get into like. Tempeh. Tofu was kind of the only yeah. soy product I felt yeah. comfortable no, working with. I don't know those. Ooh, you know what I like? Like a little, like a pastor hors d'oeuvre soup. Or like starting with Love a little that. soup, like, like a tiny beautiful teacup or like Love a shot that. glass. Yeah. Ooh. Always do a soup. I always say do a soup when you have a big group, either mm-hmm. for an app or at the start of the meal, because it's so easy. You can make it hours and better if you make it the night before you know what i mean it's like then you can just cross this one thing off your list which is like anything that you can do to like make your meal more fit your meal prep more efficient it's like i just always put a soup on you're saving what are your like what's your favorite soup to make for a favorite soup oh my gosh give us two okay i'll give you two i'll give you a like a spring and a fall this is going to sound so basic, but I love a carrot ginger, and everyone else does too. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, there's a reason why it's basic, because <laughs> yeah. it's literally a basic. It's yeah. so good. It's so easy, and you can serve it hot or cold. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's versatile. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. You can, you immersion know, top blender? it with. I live and die. My immersion blender. Oh, I yeah. think I I've told you, like, blender. I travel with it, because you just never know yeah. what someone's food processing situation is going to be, and you can make wonders happen with an immersion blender. I need a new one. I always what pack it. What do you use? I have a Cuisinart that I've mm. had for probably 10 years. Yeah. 
I did recently invest in a Vitamix. You did? And that's a game changer. I mean, Is that certainly. For soups? Are you a smoothie person? I'm not a smoothie. I wouldn't say I'm a smoothie person. <laughs> I do dabble in, like I had one yesterday. I dabble in a smoothie. I'm not like the person buying. I don't, yeah, well, I don't buy a, a lot of food. Every yeah. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. No, I'm really into making all my food for the most part. But Especially it's now. It's oh different. God. I made this soup this summer for a client that, I, I'm going to name this soup. This is an important soup. Please. It's um, important soup. It's an, imp- it's an important soup <laughs> for a <laughs> vegan <laughs> client. This was for a supermodel who shall remain unnamed, but it was a okay. Give us her whole menu. Right? <laughs> yeah, I actually give will. me a real plan. It was a good menu, but the soup was um, a watercress soup. So, mm. oh, a pine nut watercress soup. Bye. So I <laughs> sorry, <laughs> a pencil. Yeah. So, so good. I think I wilted the watercress in like a vegetable stock and then I toasted the pine nuts and I put it in they didn't have um Vitamix they had the other like top-notch blender which I cannot recall the name of and it was just magic bullet (laughs) brevet it was that and so it was just the toasted pine nuts the watercress uh lemon juice some veg stock and then I did a ton of fresh herbs, like basil, oh, parsley, yeah. something else. I can't remember. And I had never used this blender before, and it literally made it silk. It was like yeah. this pale green silk. Because oh you run into... And I was just like, I think I still have a picture of it on my phone, because I was like, the, it was so beautiful. Like, oh I couldn't... God. That sounds so yummy. And it had this... It was so creamy, even though it was vegan, you know, because yeah. the, the pine nuts were just completely yeah. pulverized. Yeah, totally. That's when you need a good blender, because yeah. if you're... I wouldn't be able to do that at home with my equipment. No. It would be more... You run into the problem of it becoming like a pesto situation. Right, totally. Right. Oh, yeah. Or like, well, yeah. You just add some stock. But, yeah, but yeah. it's still kind of still, grainy. Still, it gets yeah. this grainy, exactly. Yeah, like, true. it's hard to get that that silk. I had never achieved that silk texture. And I was like, okay, I see why people buy these $700 blenders. That's like, important soup. It actually makes a difference. Yeah. It was a good one. That's a good one. And then, yeah, to be totally honest, I make this um, chicken and lacinato kale that I've been making for mm. years, which is just like... Like you know, a chicken soup, like a stock Just a base? chicken soup, whole bird with the water, and then that becomes the stock. Boil oh, it in there. Oh, God. You know? I've been eating so much chicken soup this week. It's great. And you forget how delicious chicken soup is. Oh, it's I love so chicken soup. fucking good. Yeah, I know. it's well, the so thank you for officially teaching me how to pronounce lacinato kale. Oh. I'm always like, like No. no. <laughs> well, you? I, no, I You're feel like I never... I usually am okay at pronouncing things, but I, that one I'm... I think because I never say it out loud, I'm just always saying it in my head. Lacanato? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just go with dinosaur. Like, you can say yeah, dinosaur yeah, kale. People know what that kale, is. Right? It's the same. Here's my kind of wackadoo question. Mm-hmm. How do you deal, especially in the summertime if you're making a big salad, with mm-hmm. washing greens? Like, what if people oh go to the God. farmer's market and they get you a bunch of greens? What if these people mm-hmm. have no salad spinner? Mm-hmm. Washing lettuce, because mm-hmm. it needs to be so dry for mm-hmm. dressing not to slide off of it. It's mm-hmm. taken years off of my life. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That's a hard one. I usually give the greens like a bath. Like mm-hmm. I just put them in like an ice water situation. And like depending on what you're working with, if you're working with like mescaline or some, something really fine, that's mm-hmm. – I probably wouldn't do that because that's yeah. just too intense. and soggy, yeah. Yeah. I haven't come up against that for a long time. I usually avoid that situation by just being like – 
I make kale salads and romaine salads. Like those are the salads that I make. Mm-hmm. Like a hefty, sturdy <clears throat> green so yeah. that you just don't even I just like write that off as a possibility. Like that's not happening to me. Yeah, that's really smart. I don't think I really don't think that's happened to me that I've ever like not had a salad spinner and cuz yeah, lettuce is always so gritty and grimy. Oh it takes God. a lot mm-hmm. of I mean, yeah, years off your life yeah. and your time. Oh um and that's that like also, always the job that like my dad when I was a kid, like I was helping my dad in the kitchen. He always knew oh, that he could get away so with making me wash the right. lettuce. I was like, oh, no. Is just, <laughs> it's the yeah. least fun. Yeah, it is the least mm-hmm. fun. And also like, yeah, I mean if you're Herbs, working out east also, and they want like or anywhere that has like fresh produce mm-hmm. and they want to get it from a farmer's market. But if I'm doing a huge dinner party for 40 people, like you better believe I'm buying that triple wash I know, box I stuff. Know. I it's know. so bad. I'm not, I am not. It's so bad for, you know, I hate buying plastic. I know, me but too. But in those situations, I mean, I don't cook for 30 people. I wish I did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even if I'm making a dinner for like 12 people, I just yeah. have to go oh, that totally. route because I'm like the thought of, you know, Standing over ten heads of butter you can't, lettuce, you can't for twelve people. No, but you know you can. Whatever. You actually <laughs> can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> gets ahead. Yeah. Exactly. No, you couldn't do that. That would be too much. Yeah. Wait. So okay. So your immersion blender is clearly a favorite. Mm-hmm. What are like other tools that either you insist that they have at a house or that yeah, like, have, you bring with you just in case. Like if you have ones like your super tool, mm-hmm. if you could bring on a desert island with you. like mm-hmm. So the immersion blender. But also I always ask about a hand mixer because mm. um, an electric hand mixer. I feel really stressed out by the KitchenAid. Um, been, you know yeah, that yeah. enormous beautiful yeah, thing course. that's like a prop in every beautiful kitchen you it's want that in your kitchen getting rid of mine because I use my my immersion blender all the time and right. I'm like do I really I need unless this unless you're a baker thing? I don't understand why anyone has one of those yeah. yeah it's huge it's really I don't know why it make it gives me anxiety like the different blade set mm-hmm. or mixing settings and I'm I just and it's so heavy, it's so yeah. cumbersome. I'm just it's hard like in New York too. Yeah, like if you mm-hmm. have a giant house in the suburbs, put it in your pantry. But right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm making a cake from scratch or whipped cream or something, I want to just be able to use an electric hand mixer, mm-hmm. like basic. It can be from Walmart. It doesn't have to be nice. Like I can put it on like the ten setting, and it's gonna make whipped yeah. cream in whipped cream two minutes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Very important. Yeah. So I always ask about hand mixers because that's the kind of thing where it's like. If that's not there, you can't make the whipped cream. It's like it oh, won't yeah, you happen. Can't like can't make certain things. Right. So it's usually yeah. some kind of food processor and a hand mixer. Those are my like must haves. Everything else I can make do with like some shitty prep bowls or like yeah. a knife that's not even I mean Yeah, well do you bring your own knives? Yeah. I don't. Oh my god, see that's like my biggest pet peeve is a blunt knife. Well I go crazy. <laughs> most of the people I work for, like are a respectful of the, the fact that they have like a chef who they're paying to like mm-hmm. make their food, so they make sure their knives totally are quality. Fair. Yeah. But also, I have a lot of kosher clients, so in those situations, I can't bring any of my own mm-hmm. stuff. You know. Yeah. So. Because if they at least have a sharpener, then like, right. If it's I that make blunt, it then you can. Yeah. Right. Just like there's nothing worse than trying to slice a tomato with a blunt knife. Oh, I know. Makes my skin crawl. It's painful. It does. It gives me shivers. <laughs> shivers. Drawing it. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Using all the juice. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to talk a little bit about like your setup. 
and like your mm-hmm. mise en place and mm-hmm. how important that is and mm-hmm. do you do things kind of by the book like or do you, do you just go with your own flow or are you like no I need to get everything in its place mm-hmm. do you use like tiny bowls mm. I don't use tiny bowls unless I have to mm-hmm. um, I make a list I always I'm really I don't use my phone when I'm cooking obviously oh I don't God. know who does it's the worst. Unless I need, uh, you know, to reference it for a recipe, which I try to avoid using recipes at all costs because, of course, they slow you down, like, mm-hmm. tremendous amount. Um, but I have a notebook that's always with me, and yeah. I have my whole meal set out. And I have kind of an order of a timeline of, like, okay, by this hour this needs to be done. Yes, right. By this hour this needs to be done. When I'm doing a dinner party – I basically set everything out, like everything that I have to make that doesn't have to be refrigerated. Yes. And I just whittle away at it throughout the day. Yeah. (laughs) First thing when I get there, if I'm like making a soup and I know that the topping for the soup is going to be a toasted nut of some sort, I'll toast it and then I'll just cover it and have it up on the thing all day and like ready to go so it's ready to just be on top. Like things like that. So then last minute you're not like, oh crap, I never like minced that parsley that's going to go on top of everything. Of course. Like those things are all happening, but I'm not... It's not like a Food Network episode where I'm like, and now I take my quarter thing of salt, and now I take my pepper. Like, like, I'm not doing that. What would it feel like to walk into a kitchen where you are cooking, but somebody else has done all of Mm -hmm. that prep? Mm -hmm. It must be like so refreshing. Mm -hmm. You're just mixing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You're really just mixing. I don't do that for myself because I just feel like that would take more time. Take more time, yeah. Yeah. And most things I make, I'm not measuring anyway. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going to put a whole onion in this. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to put three quarters of a cup of an onion, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's a nice feeling to watch it diminish throughout Mm -hmm. the day. Yeah. And it's very overwhelming when you first start. You're like, I'm going to make all of this food. That's insane. Yeah. And then you do. I know. Yeah, and then somehow you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that is like that that's why the soup is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like I've um lately I've been making curries when we mm-hmm. went for dinner parties because it's like you can make them you know, you can make them in the morning and mm-hmm. they just get better and then mm-hmm. you just heat them up. Mm-hmm. They're so delicious. But yeah, like those things that you can do. I get so crazy, like I do things so far ahead of time. Oh, Sometimes curry. I think I'm psychotic. You know, I'm like I'm I'm prepping 24 hours ahead mm-hmm. because I just know the way that I function with time is mm-hmm. not good. It's like mm-hmm. I am a person who's early everywhere. Mm-hmm. What a loser! But so it's like no. That also no. means that you know that if I'm if I'm late and people are there, you know, like if people are at my house and I'm still cooking, mm-hmm. I get so stressed. Totally, you know. Totally. So like having things that you can just prep so far ahead of time is yeah. right. such a godsend. Right. And that's why it's so, I mean, like a curry is such a great thing to do at a dinner party because it's like, again, so versatile. You can make it veggie. You can make it lobster. Yeah. You can make it chicken. Like, it can be really refined and seem yeah. really, like, fancy and special. Yeah. And, you and you're like, I cooked this three days ago. so complex because of right. all the spices. Like, remember that chicken korma you made? Wow, I love chicken so korma. I love chicken That's what it was. You never make it. Yeah, it was like a version of that. Guys, did you know that you can send us emails if you have burning questions about dinner parties, or drinking, or themes, or guests, or really anything else? Having a night at gmail.com. But that's night spelled N-I-T-E. H-A-V-I-N-G-A-N-I-T-E at gmail.com. We can't wait. 
have stories about <clears throat> if you've ever had planned a meal and something mm-hmm. went wrong, you had to like change a dish really quickly or like you burnt something, you can't serve it. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing with acting, with anything else, yeah. you go back and fix it, mm-hmm. delete, whatever. Mm-hmm. But with food, mm-hmm. I think that's what's so intimidating about it. Yeah. I Fortunately, have never had like a. I dropped the whole thing of salmon on the floor. Yeah. What is it, Mrs. Doubtfire, where he burns yes. something and he has to get Chinese food? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing like that has ever happened, but like a few, maybe six months ago, I was cooking for a dinner party. Um, I think it was someone's birthday. For some reason, I was making a cake and I made an olive oil. It was for a gluten free kosher client. And so I was making like a citrus olive oil cake. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> always, always make that. It's just so subtle and delicious flour? and perfect. Yeah. I did almond flour and maybe tough flour. I think almond flour. Um, anyway, yeah, they were there. Like it was happening. It was on. I had, I think dinner was already out and like the cake or no, it must have been like an hour before because I had to cool the cake. But um, I just was doing so many things and it was for a client who, I cooked for them for the week. Like, I had made all this food for them for the week. And then they were like, and also, we're going to have a dinner party that night. So it was, like, double duty right. that day. Totally. I was just, like, making so much food. Oh, my God. And I burnt it. I burnt the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And I took it out. And I was like, I do not have time to make another one. And I just so oh gently God. cut off yeah. the top. Yeah. And, I mean, it wasn't, like, so burnt that it was inedible. It was just, like, yeah, too brown. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, like, took a cake knife and, like, very delicately took it off and then sifted so much powdered sugar. Yeah, totally. And I think I put berries to something, you know, and I was like, it never happened. Exactly. Cover it up. Cover it up. That's a great thing with cake. Yeah. Frosting. Right. Totally. I've done that. Just frosted over some burnt. Right. And I'm like, no, this rustic look, this is what it is. It's very intentional. It was a choice. It was a choice. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I did almost set a house on fire once. Oof. That happened. Not what, your what house. What caught on fire? Not my house. Um, I was cooking something ridiculous, like oh 15 God. ribeyes on a huge grill. Oh, my And there was God. so much fat, and <gasps> there was, like, a flare-up. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, like, broke out in a rash. It was horrible. Oh, my God. So how did you quell the flare-up? I honestly, I don't. It was, this was my first summer they're never going to hear this. It was my first summer cooking for these clients in Amagansett. And I had just never cooked 15 ribeyes at once. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Right. Well, and it's also like you sort of think like, well, I've cooked three ribeyes. Mm-hmm. I've cooked right. whatever. Right. It'll be fine. You're like, it doesn't even occur to you. Yeah. You just can't manage suddenly it. it's going to. I mean, a novice like me, I couldn't. Someone could manage it, but like I couldn't. I also don't think anyone should ever be cooking 15 ribeyes. I think that's a bad idea. I think if that's happening, you need to like reorient your dinner Listen plan or something. Don't start with cooking <laughs> yeah. 15 of us. Exactly. Yeah. Right, well, um, in that case, would you just do, like, a bunch of flank steak or something? I mean, I like- think that also I didn't understand at that time, and they didn't understand either. Like, if you're making two proteins to serve to your guests, you need far less protein. Like, you don't need right, enough. You need less of each. No one is going to eat both and, like, a full portion of I both. Mean, do you know what I mean? 
Oh, well, you haven't eaten with me yet. <laughs> sure. Maybe they are, but it's so rare at these right. things where people are drinking for an hour and a half, having all totally. these appetizers before, and then they sit down. You have I'm so ready for these parties. You always have too much food. Always. Yeah. Like what? That's like an advice. Yeah, we advice. Do a food waste episode. Seriously, I mean, they would always have guests for the whole weekend, so they would like serve yeah. leftovers for lunch the next day and like take stuff back to the city. Yeah. But I would say like less. Like you think you need so, so much I, protein. I, yeah. So much salad, so much farro. Mm-hmm. Like I've made like God, like vats yeah. of farro right. with pesto for thirty people. I'm mean, like, I just need a little a half a cup. Yeah, yeah. a quarter yeah. cup. Like, right. well, know. it's because that. Like, I think I tend to err on the side of less, and I feel like you're actually good about erring on the side of more. Mm-hmm. So, like, I err on the side of less where there's no leftovers mm-hmm. ever, except mm-hmm. for like mashed potatoes or something. Right. Um, but then sometimes I wonder, I worry that people are like leaving so hungry. hungry. I mean, mm. I hope not. No. But, but yeah, I try to do like four to six ounces of protein per person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like a quarter cup of whatever the carb is. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. done like, I, I, I actually do really overkill on greens because mm. I love greens so much. Right. I can eat like a card sized table worth of greens. Right. But then usually there's salad left over. Like, that's okay, I guess. Well, also, if you're doing, like, a plated meal or whatever, or even family style, where you're just serving, like, three things. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about at dinner parties where I was serving, like, seven dishes. Right. You know, oh plus God. three appetizers. Like so a real, it was like, like, spread buffet. Right. Yeah. So it's like, by the right. time you get to that, it's like, everyone just wants to taste mm-hmm. all seven things. You know, they don't need a plate full of ribeye or whatever right. it is. It's Do you know like what I mean? Have, you're having a waiter come around... Before the entree of saying, like, would you right. like the chicken or mm-hmm. the steak or whatever? That's the other thing that I really tried to understand over the years that I, like, I tried to think, like, if I'm in a restaurant, like, how mu- what would my portion be? Like, mm-hmm. how much? And also for, like, pricing, too, when you're getting to this place of, like, trying to price things for clients, which is Oof, its own agony so and very hard. hard. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, well, if they were in a restaurant, like, how much food would they get for how much money for, how, you know? Yeah. And... That's useful in portioning and pricing and everything else. I think trying yeah. to like. Do you have like a back pocket menu if like that you can just do with your eyes Ooh. closed? That's a good question. Or like, let's say that, let's say that it's like a, it's Thursday and your client is like, our chef just dropped out for dinner tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're having eight people over. Mm-hmm. Like you're stepping in. What would you cook? Mm-hmm. I think a go-to, of course, depending on dietary needs would be some kind of, like, beautiful cut of beef that I could, like, Mm -hmm. very easily sear for five minutes per side and Mm -hmm. make, like, an herb pea stew. Mm -hmm. And it's delicious, and you can cook it in ten minutes. You know what I mean? Like, something like that. And then always a salad. Usually, again, like I said, something sturdy, a sturdy green that, like, will get better the longer it's, like, kind of marinating in the dressing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, True. A so grain of sorts. I cook with so much garlic, which like some people don't want to do that, but mm-hmm. I love doing Ugh. pistos and pestos Me and too. how like you can just make some farro and make like a squash walnut something and put it all over it, slather it all over it, and yeah. then it's yeah. like transformed into this it, it delicious thing. And visually you can, and yeah, taste. Yeah, I, my theory is also always like if everybody's eating garlic, then nobody can smell that other people are right. eating garlic. It's probably not true, but like, right? Oh, I love garlic. Yeah, I do too. It's like the best ingredient. It's really hard when people are like, "Oh, we don't eat garlic." I'm like, 
Okay. Just well, I have to learn so something. Much flavor so, so much. easily. I know. Um, I would, I would do a soup always, mm. depending on the season. You know, a squash or a tomato or. I'm so excited for gazpacho season. Yeah, love gazpacho. And like, what about dessert? What's like an easy? The dessert that I always do. I'm glad you asked this because I'm not a baker. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've told you this. Maybe I haven't. My crumble. I think so yeah. So I, <laughs> I'm terrified. Well, because I don't use recipes. Mm-hmm. Like baking is my worst baking nightmare. Baking is really hard when you don't use your recipe. Yeah. yeah, it's so time consuming for me. It's not natural for me. Same. I make a mess all the time. Um, that is something that, like, when I'm doing a dinner party, and they're like, we want pies from scratch. Like, you better believe the first thing I'm doing is, like, making that pie crust. Like, I walk in there, and I'm like this. I've had to do it a couple times, and it's not – I mean, I'm not good at it. It doesn't turn out great. It's edible, but it's not beautiful. But that's also, like, there's so many great pie places that, like, go by. I'd be like – It'd be so – Like, searching the the best, like, pie. Yeah, totally. I'll make you great chocolate chip cookies. Right. You right. go by the pie. Right. Because like cookies are a thing a, yeah. that are making a pie crust is it it's really serious. Oh, it's so serious. It's yeah. not it's not for me. So fuck the pies. So fuck the pies, make the crumble, mm-hmm. which is my grandmother's recipe, it's which so sweet. yeah, it's so simple. It's like, you know, whatever fruit. It's also great because it's you can use it in any season. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in the summer, I'm like, I'm making you a mixed berry crumble. I'm or making like you a peach and mint crumble. Like I'm making you in the fall an apple pear crumble, you know. And the top, it's what? just it's just the fruit with like some sugar on it in yeah. a Pyrex dish. Mm-hmm. And then the five ingredient topping, which is like um like a cup of flour, a cup of sugar, um, teaspoon of baking powder, one egg, and then you mix that. Yeah. It's crumbly because of the egg. Yeah. You put it over the fruit, and then you put the butter on, and then you bake it for like forty-five minutes, and it's so good, delicious. I feel with like a I scoop of vanilla that. ice cream. Yeah, I'm gonna send you like it's homemade so whipped cream with no sugar. Exactly, it's like always it's so nice so, with like tart with the yeah. Ugh. So that's my yeah. go-to because it's so delicious and it's so easy. But I'm also I often do like a flourless chocolate cake, which is popular, you know. Yes, amongst the New York you know, gluten-free. Mm-hmm. That one bite, that one bite that that woman is taking. Right. So good. Right. Three. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh that's a, that's a good one. Those are but my I two. I do love it. I have to say, I, I think gluten-free is the devil in a way, yeah. but, but I do think that flourless chocolate cakes, cause it's so oh, totally. decadent. Like right. it's so yummy. Right. I love serving that with like a sorbet, like a yeah. raspberry sorbet Ooh. or something. Yeah. Or creme fraiche, you know, classic. Just something to... I'm not a huge sweet person. I don't like making dessert because I don't like sugar. Yeah. It's not this, like, intuitive... Yeah. So I want... If I'm going to have it, I want it to... Something to cut through the sweetness, usually. Something tart or... Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I feel like whenever I make crumbles, it gets so soupy. Mm. Depends. Yeah. That can happen. It can happen especially with berries, I find. You can't let them macerate for too long because that's when it got soupy. Right. But you want to get that crisp brown top. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. a delicate balance. I would say maybe higher heat, less time or something would be an experiment. Yeah, that makes sense. Or I don't know. 
Remember when we once, we vowed never again, tried to make, for some reason at a dinner party, a healthy crumble? Oh my God, it was so it was bad. Like, it wasn't delicious. Well, we was were like up. coconut oil. It's one of those things where you're like Buckwheat flour. Oh, wow. I remember it. So for 4th of July this year, we like went up to my house in Millbrook. Mm -hmm. We are doing 4th of July together. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is literally just three days of us like eating and drinking mm -hmm. but for some reason we decided that like the dessert for the first night was going to be like so we did berries buckwheat flour coconut oil, oil. Oh. and like maple syrup or like maybe even honey as a sweetener it was so weird which i could what, oh, nuts. what form like so did this nuts. take on it crumble? was like supposed to be a crumble oh, okay. it was so it was depressing so, like, we were saying it tasted like breakfast. It right. ended up being Yeah, I was like just going to say that sounds yeah, like a yeah. healthy breakfast. Right, like for breakfast, actually, I probably would have been into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if we had just used like oats or like something a little more Sturdy. like. Yeah. But it was. It was so it was stupid. It sounds disappointing, especially if you're really into that part of the meal. Like for me, I'm just like, give me five more servings of the savory. Yeah. Right. Or like yeah. a cheese course. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Or even just like yogurt with good berries or right. something. Mm -hmm. But the berries were so beautiful, so we were like so excited to make this crumble and it was, oh, it was really just distressing. Like one of those lessons if you're I would so much rather eat a small amount of like a really good right. dessert with a whole stick of butter in it but right. have only my serving than like right. eat the entire pan mm -hmm. of this shitty kind of healthy thing totally. because you're just trying to be like it's gonna, totally. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's gonna get good it's gonna get good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. totally. everything in moderation as my grandmother said you can eat everything but just not all the time yeah that's like exactly. the biggest lesson. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming. This was so fun. <laughs> so fun. So fun. We learned so much. This is great. I, I have love to go get my hand mixer. Yeah, you do. Let's Goodbye. I'm cream. so happy. I'm getting rid of my goddamn kitchen. Yeah. Just go to like Basics Plus or like one of those yeah. whatever stores that have everything that you need. Done. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. Our handle is just at having a night. You can also slip into our DMs if you have any burning questions about food-related things. Keep it PC, guys. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.